Are you hearing a lot about team-based primary care? Are you wondering where to start and you haven't yet begun? Or are you wanting to help a friend with their first steps into team-based primary care? Yeah, me too. Welcome to Team Up, a podcast where we talk about how to move towards team-based primary care. Hi, I'm Sarah, a medical anthropologist and a team member in the Primary Care Innovation Support Unit, or ISU. And I'm Morgan, a family doctor and also part of the ISU team. If you're involved in primary care as a patient, provider, or planner, and are thinking about moving to team-based care, we hope you'll find something here that's of interest. Are you ready to team up? Great. So I'm excited about this one, Morgan. Getting a team is about getting the right people on the bus. Well, that's what we all think, right? <laughs> but it's not the first step. It is an important step, Sarah, absolutely. But I think actually thinking about your patients might be the first step when thinking about how to create a team. Thinking about who are you supporting, thinking about how many patients are already part of your panel, how many you might need to add in from your community. And then once you know who your, your patients are, are there specific gaps? Is there information that you can get from your patients to help guide what those gaps might be? And I guess also, if you are getting new funding, sometimes that comes with a new mandate. So understanding what that is in relation to your patient population, those are probably some of the first steps. It feels to me, Morgan, like this is a step that can really easily get missed, especially when there's lots of excitement about new opportunities and new team members that you could possibly bring in, new yeah. parcels of funding. But I think you're right. Bringing you back to the patient, thinking about who it is that's going to be accessing services, and also what's already in your community outside your door, who are you already working closely yeah. with? You know, maybe you don't need to bring in, say, a physiotherapist into your team if you have a physiotherapist right down the street that you know really well. Yeah, yeah. you just need to work, work more closely together. I think that's a really good point and understanding what the gaps are. And if you already have a small team, understanding these gaps, you might be able to build the capacity internally without adding in anybody new. But if you're starting from scratch, I think starting with your patient population is really the place to be. And this all falls into stage one of the learning pathway, which is really this where to start with team-based care. And there's a lot to think about when we think about getting started. So we've kind of split this into two steps in our own thinking. We're going to talk about step one, getting to know your patients in this episode, and step two, which is more service design focused in the next episode. So really stage one is all around who, who are we serving? What is our, what does our panel look like? Who are our, who are the patients that we're serving in this clinic? And this can apply to any clinic. And that's going to really determine who's going to make up your team. So that was Amy Huff from Health Quality BC. Amy's led the development of the learning pathway that we're referencing throughout this season of Team Up. And it's available on teambasedcarebc.ca. So we're going to be hearing a little bit from Amy throughout the season in all the episodes as we dive into each of the different stages. So Morgan, what are we going to be talking about in this episode? I think really it's two main things that we're thinking about. The, the first is utilizing EMR data, electronic medical record data, for demographic insights into the population that you're serving and different chronic condition trends. And then the second is the idea of conducting patient surveys to uncover needs. Yeah, and Sarah, both of these 
assume that you have access to a patient population. You're not a brand new clinic. Right. So if you're an existing clinic and you have an electronic record, it is a good way to get some initial ideas. And you, you'll have a sense of it already based on just being in practice, of course. And for people who don't know, Morgan, you, you kind of like electronic me medical records. You have a little bit I, of a background I, I here. I do. I do. I've been involved with EMRs since, um, well, since my residency a few years ago now and helped with standards and a bunch of other things along the way. Using EMR data it has its pros and cons, but it's a great place to start. And even some really simple EMR reports can give you some really interesting insights into your practice that can help you think about how your team needs to be structured, the kinds of skills you might want to have in the team. So as someone who's never been into the back end of an electronic medical record, what yeah. kinds of things would you run when you say EMR reports? So really simple ones. Like if you just run a report about the age groups of your patients, so the age bands of your population, how many are kids, how many are young adults, how many are elderly, that gives you some information about sort of where you're focusing, the kinds of skills you might need, and the kinds of interests in your team that you might want to have. But chronic conditions is another area. If you run some reports and figure out how many diabetics you have, how many people with congestive heart failure, how many people with kidney disease, that might lean you in a different direction than if you had those in larger numbers in your population. Then mental health, anxiety, depression, you might think of your team in a different way. And those are fairly quick in terms of being able to run those reports. And a lot of electronic records have reports like those that are pre-built. So you can use reports that look at your problem list, or you can look at reports that look at the sort of the visits and how many visits do you have for different reasons. And of course, that can vary a little bit depending on the season. And I guess thinking about those kind of seasonal things is also really important when you're looking at your past data to figure out what your future needs might look like over the course of a year. Yeah, as you're planning what your capacity is over a year, you definitely want to think of those ebbs and flows. But if you're doing something simple and you can't run a report and you just want to look at, say, your schedule or your billing record for the last 30 days, just always keep in mind that it will be different depending on what season you're in. You know, sort of the winter months, you're going to be in flu season, so you're going to have a lot more upper respiratory tract infections than you would have in July. If you're doing something a little bit, a little bit more complex, then you can look at a whole year at once. So that's the idea of doing some EMR data reports. I think one thing, if you're going to get serious about it, is to think about cleaning up your, what we call panel data. So there's a data quality issue as well. And that's something that maybe we'll talk about later, but that's just, just remember that your reports are only as good as the data that you have in your EMR. Well, and there's a great resource there as well, Morgan, that I'm thinking about now that the Practice Support Coach Program, and this is for British Columbia specifically, but they've done a restructure and they now have panel management coaches. So if this is something that you know you need support with, there's also resources around to do that. And I don't remember the acronyms for other provinces, but there are absolutely other coaches and support services that can help you with cleanup of your EMR data in order to help with things like quality improvements. And this is absolutely part of that process. So you can reach out and get help from your, your local support team. And then, Sarah, the other topic you wanted to bring in was uh, patient surveys. Right. So this idea of patient surveys and how that can help you think about uncovering needs when you're at that point of 
getting started in team-based care. So why ask patients? And again, this is easier if you have an existing patient panel that you're going out to ask. Absolutely. Although, you know, there are often community engagement steps that are happening if it's, a, you know, in a new community. So there's, there's often some patient feedback that you can find uh, if you're a new clinic as well. But I think patients should always be at the center. Patients' perceptions and experiences are different than providers, can really easily get skipped over. And I think if they're included at the beginning, it's easier to continue to include them over the course of a team. And Mm -hmm. patients are key members of primary care teams. So this, I think, is a great way for, for building that patient engagement into the way your team functions. I really think, though, that, you know, what surveys do well is focus on needs rather than solutions. That's a good point. And then the other thing that really jumps out to me here is a quick survey is better than no survey. And the flip side of that is sometimes a really long survey can do the opposite of what you want, I don't think is a great way to engage folks. So it's about finding kind of that middle ground, something that's useful, targeted, and isn't going to be a huge heavy lift for people. I think the feasibility is really important. You know, there's a lot of change happening. And could you ask every patient that comes in for the next week? three or four questions, gives you some some data to base your next planning off of and might be quite feasible to do for a week. Whereas surveying every single patient and trying to do data collection on what could be several thousand patients in a practice is not feasible for most, if not all, almost all practices. So better to keep it feasible than not do it at all. That's right. And not to put any spoilers out there, but we're currently actually working through a review process. So we're going to have a recommendation for British Columbia soon. But we've done a lot of work figuring out what some of the top tools for measuring patient perceptions of team are and the patient perceptions of care. So we'll put some links in the show notes to those top four tools. And they they range in size. There are some that are Canadian-focused, some that are more international But I think it's really great to take a quick look at the kinds of things that these surveys will be asking, which is, you know, a lot of feedback about what's working well, what patients might want to see more of, if they know who's on their team. There's some really general questions like that that can give you a good sense of how well your team is working and how well your team is being communicated. Something that we've really been learning a lot about is the kind of communication of team-based care to patients is really something that needs more attention. And there's a lot of resources that I think we can link in throughout the season that'll bring that to the forefront. And Sarah, that's a, that's a really good point, actually. Tying some feedback questions to information to your patients. We're thinking about making some changes, and we want to hear from you. So it's doing a little bit of foreshadowing, isn't it, to your patients that you know, there's change and, and team members are going to be joining potentially in the near future. We want to know from you what are some of the gaps that you w- would like a more support with. It's not necessarily a promise that those things would happen, but it, it also foreshadows that there may be some shifts and new team members coming on board, which hopefully gets some excitement from the patients. We'll link to some of these existing tools in the show notes, and we'll also update this when we do have a final patient experience tool recommendation. So if you listen and the recommendation isn't there, make sure you check back. Watch this space. We'll keep that updated. So, Sarah, in, in wrapping it, we've talked about sort of two big things. You also exposed my bias at the beginning, <laughs> but in terms of where to start, I think I would recommend keep it simple. If you're just thinking about this and wanting to get an idea of what the potential needs could be, I would start with your EMR and look to see what canned reports, so what's already pre-built into your EMR, 
that you could run or get a coach to help you run just by pressing a few buttons, that will help you understand what some of the gaps might be and what some of the demands might be that you think you might need some help with when going from a small team or a group practice into a team-based practice. There's lots of other resources through stage one of the learning pathway. There's some great materials and we've got links in every episode. So have a look at that. And thanks so much. As always, we'd love to hear from you. So please do reach out to isu at familymed.ubc.ca with any feedback. Getting not just patient survey data, but our listener data is always really interesting for us. Yes, we'll, and we'll adapt. If we get some feedback and questions, we're definitely going to bring it into the episodes of the season. Thanks for listening to Team Up, and we'll see you with the next episode. The Innovation Support Unit is a distributed, multidisciplinary team. We work mostly remotely from communities across the Lower Mainland and Vancouver Island in British Columbia. Sarah and I are both recording from our offices in the territories of the Lekwungen-speaking peoples, the Songhees and Esquimalt First Nations. And recognizing the colonial history and the ongoing impacts of colonization in healthcare systems and in Indigenous communities in Canada and around the world, as we move through the season, we'll work to bring an equity lens to this work. And we really encourage you, our listener, to reflect on your past, present, and future participation on the Indigenous lands where you are situated. Thanks for listening to Season 6, and we'll see you in the next episode of Team Up. Team Up.